You're very welcome to this episode of Bible Talk on Lockray Community Radio. If you're a first-time listener to the show, then we thank you for joining us. This is only our second episode as we seek to read the Bible together to get to grips with what it means and also if it can speak into our world and our lives today. Our aim on Bible Talk is simply to let the Bible do the talking, not to get into a lot of different philosophical and traditional things. But Jonas and I simply read some of the Bible together each week and talk about what it means and answer questions on maybe some of the things that we didn't understand as we read it or things that are entirely new to us as we go along. I think this is such an interesting project as for most of human history, people didn't have their own copies of the Bible and had to come together to read or to listen and to get the point it was trying to make. And yet the one thing that, that really encourages me is that they did this together. Uh, and I think it's good on Bible Talk that we can read together, ask questions together, and, and wrestle with these things together. You see, for many people, the Bible is a strange or a holy book. It can be nice to have one around the house or to receive one at a special occasion, uh, but maybe you've never actually opened the book itself and read it. Well, if that's the case, I'm glad you tuned in today because we want to dispel the myth that it's hard to understand or that you need to be incredibly smart to understand it. Uh, neither Jonas and I are really that smart. Uh, Mark Twain famously said that it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that trouble me, it's the parts that I do understand that trouble me the most. And so when we come back today, Jonas and I are going to dig into the passage that we looked at this week in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, and we're going to see what it means and why it matters. Uh, this week we have a few songs to play and the first one is one of my favourites and also it's a traditional Irish hymn. The English translation is Be Thou My Vision, uh, but in Irish it's Behissa Mohula and that it's performed by a band called Legacy.
Uh, so Jonas, how are you today? How did you get on this week with Mark's Gospel? It's grand. Um, I've actually been good today. Um, it's nice and bright outside today. Um, just I've, I've I've read it. Um, I actually had to read it a few times just to just to properly familiarize myself with it because uh, mm-hmm. I read it once and I was like, "What?" I read back and read it and yeah. I started after about the third time or so. I think I started understanding it properly. Yeah. Uh, started getting more used to the wording and stuff because. For for me, it is um, it's more different words that I'm not used to hearing. Yeah, but um, I am getting used to it, and it's it's after a while it starts making more sense. Excellent. Well, yeah. uh, we're going to kind of walk through it in, in chunks today. Uh, we're going to start with with Mark chapter one. We'll do the first eight verses. I think what we said we'll do for those who are maybe reading along, or even if you're not, you can listen in. I'll just read out uh, the verses, and then I think you have a few questions to kind of throw through it uh, that we can we can kind of read together. Um, so I'll read Mark chapter one, and, and we'll begin at, at uh, verse one. It says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Uh, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so what did you think of that then, Jonas? Um, it's, it's, um, it's a nice introduction, but I'm just quite really curious as to why it, it starts off with um, a f- um, phrase, um, quote, sorry, a quote, um, yeah. just right at the start. It's, it's kind of baffling because if you're starting off, why is there a quote to start it off? It, yeah, well, yeah. I think that, that's, that's a kind of very intentional thing because, um, yeah, Mark is trying to get us to, to basically see that this is a part of a bigger story. Um, it, it, it starts in a strange way, the Gospel of Mark, uh, because unlike Matthew and Luke, uh, who start off with the nativity and the birth of Jesus, uh, Mark doesn't even bother with that, which is a bit strange. But it, 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 um, it, it's just the way that he does it. John himself starts off with the fact, even before the birth of Jesus, to creation and, and how Jesus was present there. And he's eternal. He's the purpose of life. But Mark just jumps kind of in with both feet. Uh, but the reason why he starts with a quote from uh, the prophet Isaiah is actually quoting from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, written about 700 years before Jesus was born, was to kind of set up the story in terms of what's going on here. Um, to kind of go back uh, a little bit for context, Isaiah was actually talking about the arrival of God's promised rescuer. And to do that, we have to go back a little bit further to the very beginning uh, in, in, in the book of Genesis at the very start of the Bible. So God creates everything, creates it perfect and good. He creates uh, this couple, Adam and Eve, 
and and he gives them basically everything to enjoy within creation. Uh, but but he does say that there are a few things that they can't do, and in particular, it's the eat of a certain tree. Um, they, they are not forced to obey God. God kind of lays out these things for them and, and they can choose whether to obey God or disobey him. Uh, maybe most of you know the story. There's a serpent comes, uh, Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of a tree. They disobey God and their relationship with God has been broken. Uh, and yet rather than kind of squish them or kind of wipe them out of all existence, uh, God gives them a way to kind of rebuild that relationship through trusting in him. And and that fracture, the Bible calls sin, it can mean a lot of different things, you know, breaking laws, missing the mark, going down a wrong path. But God says in the future, he's going to bring them back onto the right path, not by kind of things they do, but by sending someone to rescue them. And all the way through the Old Testament, God kind of promises that this rescue would come uh, through this person. The person would be like this. He would talk like this. He would do these things. And And the Old Testament is really a search for who this is and so every so often there's this amazing character and the people think oh i wonder is this the promised one uh, in the, the hebrew he's called the messiah so they're like is this the messiah and then it's not well is this the messiah and then it's not and and over and over again they search for him and what mark is trying to tell us here is that before the messiah comes isaiah said that this guy would come to make a way for him or make a path for him and before the promised one comes, this guy would do certain things. And so Mark starts off with Isaiah to say that the forerunner for this promised one has come. Uh, the forerunner, the, the one who would prepare the way, he has arrived and his name is John. Now, I think that's weird because it's like, is this guy John and he's the forerunner for the Messiah? This is one of the most important moments in human history. Uh, but, but John here, otherwise known as kind of John the baptizer or John the Baptist, uh, he kind of appears then in, in Mark. So if if the forerunner to the Messiah has come, just like Isaiah said, then Mark's trying to tell us that that the promised rescuer, this promised saviour, will will he's now on his way, and and we should be look on on the lookout for him really, and and that's Mark's kind of point. So the next person that comes into this story is the one that that we have been waiting for for all of of human history. And this will unfold throughout the book. Uh, again, spoilers, the person they've been waiting for is Jesus. And uh, we're going we're gonna to meet him in, in the next verse. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's why Mark kind of starts there. He says this, this Messiah is coming. There will be a forerunner. His name's John. He's now here. Uh, and soon, soon the Messiah, the promised one, is coming. Uh, does that make sense so far? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, just out of curiosity, what you're yeah. saying is that uh, Mark and Luke start off with a nativity scene. Does that mean the books, the different books in the Bible, overlap more in certain places? Yeah, it's not as much as they they overlap. Is that they're telling stories from different perspectives. Now, a lot of people think that this is the reason why we should kind of mistrust the Bible because the the four different gospels tell different things. Uh, how I, how I try and explain this to people and i think it actually lends credibility to the bible that, that if you have say my three sons if we go and watch a movie exactly the same movie and at the end on the way home in the car i say so what was the movie about they'll be explaining exactly the same movie but the three kids will see things from a different perspective 
some will, will focus on one of the characters others will focus on something that silly happened so, some of them will focus on like the the bigger story rather than the minute details and so the, the writers themselves are focusing on things that they believe tell their story best and so for matthew and luke they start with jesus being born uh, mark says like <laughs> i don't really see that as a major thing. Uh, I actually want to show you what Jesus d- does to prove that he is this promised king. And so he kind of disregards all of that. So you can read them together to get a complete picture of the life of Jesus from his birth to his death and his resurrection. But each of the writers actually focus on different different elements within that. And, and I think it's good because you'll get to see you get to see different things. As I said, that this is from Peter's perspective. So you're going to see what it's like to follow Jesus from the perspective of Peter, um, and that will take on a flavour of of Mark's gospel as we read through it. Okay, that sounds very exciting to get through it. Then. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this because because Peter Peter is kind of rough around the edges, uh, which mm. makes for some some comedy in Mark's gospel. Many times we don't see the Bible as being funny, but there uh, are yeah, some funny bits in it. Um, I kind of think if Jesus hung around with twelve guys for for three years, there was there were bound to be some funny things that happened. Yeah. We're going to listen to another song now. Uh, We have another one that's probably um, well known to people. It's an older hymn uh, called Amazing Grace. But it's kind of done in a a way uh, that's a bit more modern by a guy called Chris Tomlin. Uh, And so this is Amazing Grace. And we'll be back to continue with Mark's gospel after this song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see t'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear I first believe my chains are
dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever mine welcome back to bible talk on locker community radio um if you haven't already done so already um head over to our facebook page um uh, at Bible Talk Lockray, or um, follow us um, to keep updated on the shows and check out Lockray Community Radio for other great shows each weekend. Also, if you have any questions, um, feel free to contact us on the Facebook page um, or on the website lockraycommunityradio.com. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jonas. Uh, again, this is a pre-recorded show. I know some some last week tried to get in touch with us uh, during the show. Uh, so we're we're recording this again spoilers ahead of time <laughs> uh, so if you can get in uh, before the weekend we can include some of your things in the show or we can we can work it away in order to, to reply back to you uh yeah we're going to be looking at mark 1 uh, verses 9 to 15 uh, and looking at the, the baptism and uh, temptation of, of jesus uh, so mark chapter 1 verse 9 says in those days jesus came from nazareth of galilee and was baptized by john in the jordan and when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, so Jonas, we're underway in Mark's gospel. Uh, in the next section of chapter one, we're going to start learning a few things about Jesus as he starts his ministry. Uh, what kind of jumped out uh, at you in, in, in this section? Um, there were there two things, actually. Uh, the first thing was, um, it says that he was drawn into the wilderness for 40 days. Now, um, when I was reading this, this instantly kind of thought... Um, we do Lent and that's to, to do because Jesus went to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, didn't eat anything and stuff like that. And yeah. we're meant to kind of go along, but it says wilderness. So I just kind of, it's not yeah. the desert. Which, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is the same bit as um, we kind of do for Lent. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of, um, it, it's slightly different. Uh, Lent w- was started as a, as a tradition of, of, I suppose, preparation. Um, about 300 years after Jesus died, these kind of guys came together and decided that it would be good to kind of prepare for Easter uh, by by kind of preventing yourself from doing things or eating things in order to, I suppose, prepare our lives for, for Easter. Now, as I said, it's a tradition. It's not something that you'll find in the Bible. Uh, it's just something that, that people thought would be good uh, in order to focus uh, our, our, our minds on on who God is. Uh, it's not a, a, a bad thing in a sense, but um, it, it's not something that you necessarily find in the Bible. What, what the, the wilderness or the desert, I think it's a really good point because just like as we said before, the different gospels will say different things or even tell more of the story. Uh, it does It does cover up Mark kind of saying 
okay, I have some boxes to tick here. I'm just going to tick the boxes really quickly and then kind of walk through it. But for, for, the, for us, there's a bit of work that we need to do because for the people originally reading this, whenever Mark mentioned the wilderness, uh, the word wilderness and desert in the original language is the same word. But, but what they're trying to convey here and what Mark's trying to say is the, the word wilderness would have triggered memories for the people that were reading initially. The wilderness is actually a place that, that shows up. It's, it's not a physical place, although there were wildernesses around the place, but it, it is basically a, a, a place of testing. Um, and so if you go through the, the Bible, Adam was tested, Adam and Eve were tested to see if they would be obedient to God. And, and although they were in a garden, it was still seen as a bit of a wilderness. The children of God, the people of God were actually tested to see if they would be obedient. And, and all the way through the Bible, um, no matter where these wildernesses are, uh, it's a time that basically people have to depend on God. The problem in the, the Bible, as we'll see, is that every time someone went into the wilderness, they basically failed. God said, be faithful, be obedient, and they weren't. And so what, what Mark's trying to show us here, that, that after he was given his, his ministry and after he begun, Jesus went into the wilderness. And in the other gospels, you can read of the account. He went into the desert and he passed, so he was faithful. And it is that, that's what Mark's trying to show us. For all the people that they thought before that were going to be faithful and obedient as God's true people, they failed. And yet now here is Jesus, this promised one, this one who would come to be the savior. And he is passing all the tests that people have failed in, in the past. And that, that's what Mark's trying to show us here. As I said, Mark's is the shortest gospel. He actually speeds through things. Um, as we said last week, if, if it's written from the perspective of Peter, as we'll learn, Peter's very impetuous. His knee-jerk reactions, he's quick-tempered. He, he's kind of like ADHD. And Mark is writing like that. It's kind of like, this happened, done. That happened, done. Jesus was baptized, done. He's gone to the wilderness, done. And he's just driving us on through this story. And so Jesus being in the wilderness is another one of those things to show okay, this guy was prophesied in Isaiah. He has come. His name's John. John passes over to Jesus because he is the promised one that has come. Jesus goes into the wilderness and fulfills the faithfulness test of God. And now Jesus is going to start his, his ministry proper. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Also, it sounds a bit like my writing of what uh, Mark's doing here. Just yeah. kind of quick, quickly, yeah. bam, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, Actually, now that you mentioned that, he's kind of just really quickly speeding through it. Um, another thing is it's just very, just subtly put in there and left and just abandoned is that it just goes, now John was arrested. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's something else I kind of was like, yeah. is it just, just thrown in there and left and gone away? I'm, I'm glad you're experiencing this because yeah. you know, some, some people just read through the Bible and, and although yeah. it's, it's good to do, uh, mm. I'm, I'm the kind of person that does you know, want to know a bit more and think mm, you, yeah. you, you can't just throw that in, you know, you can't just, throw just it in and walk away from it. Um, now the, the good thing about this is Mark doesn't leave us hanging there because we, we return to John in a little bit. And, and John's story is also told in, in the other gospel accounts as well. But, but in chapter six, as we'll see, uh, Mark, Mark returns to John's story and tells us why he was arrested and tells us what happened to John. But, but I, do, I do really think that that's what Mark's doing, um, that, that he's kind of saying, look, John had a job. It was to prepare the way. The, the, the role of John was kind of like, kind of like a, a, a do you know when in a wedding that they kind of, the 
father of the bride kind of brings the bride to the front and then they have the bit that say who who presents this woman and he says i do and then he sits down that's kind of like what john has done it'd be really weird if the father of the bride kind of stood on the front and was like how you doing lads (laughs) i'm gonna stay here that someone would have to say sorry your bit's over could you go and sit down um that's what mark's doing here he's saying look john had a job to do he had to get people ready for the promised one coming but now that the promised one has come then john's job is over and so he kind of fades into the background yeah i told you mark was in a hurry through these things he he, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really spend a lot of ink on uh on characters that he's finished with you could almost say he's kind of building suspense for later on in the story yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, it's it's really it's a really fun gospel to read. Um, the others can be very flowing. Mm. They're, they're wonderful because they they go into a lot more detail into the story, and and some people really like that. I I like it at times, but there's something about Mark that, you know, he, he just packs weeks of weeks and weeks and weeks of Jesus teaching and ministry into like five minutes, uh, just and that's it. You know, it's. It's a it's a perfect gospel to kind of get to the, the the main part of the of the story. Yeah, well, well, we're gonna maybe leave that there again. If you have any questions, do do get in touch. If there's anything there that you think, oh no, well, you've kind of skipped over that bit. There's some really massive things in it. Uh, do get in touch and, and let us know if we can we can cover something again. And, and all the way through, we're going to cover stuff. So uh, don't don't worry if if something gets gets missed out. We'll return to it likely in another show. Uh, but we're going to listen to another song now from one of my favorite artists. We played uh, one of his tracks last week, and I know a lot of people kind of said that, that they really enjoyed it. Uh, but his name is Josh Garrell. He's an American artist, and he has this wonderful song, Farther long and so we're gonna we're gonna come back and and look further into mark's gospel after this song i'll see you in a moment farther along know all about farther along understand why so cheer up my brother Live in the sun and shine We'll understand this All by and by Tempted and tried I wonder why the good man dies Bad man thrives in Jesus Christ Cause he loves them both We're all castaways in need of rope Hanging on by the last threads of our hope in a house, a mirror full of smoke Confusing illusions I've seen But where did I go wrong? I sang along to every chorus of the song That the devil wrote like a piper at the gate Leading my men down to their fate Some will courageously escape The seductive voice with the heart of faith While walking blind back home There's so much more to i 
Still I get heartbreaked on every side Between the rock and the compromise Like truth in a pack of lies Fighting for my soul I got no place left to go Cause I got changed by what I've been shown There's more glory than the world has known It keeps me rambling on And skipping like a cave Loosed from his stall I'm free to love once and for all And even when I fall I get back up through the joy That overflows my cup Heaven filled me with more than enough Broke down my levees and my bluffs Let the flood wash me And one day back on us some rejoice and the others false cause every knee must bow and tongue confess the son of god he's forever blessed his is the kingdom and we're the guests so put your voice up to the test sing lord come soon oh yeah farther Welcome back. We are walking through Mark chapter one. Um, we've really got the grips with Mark uh, and, and particularly his speeding through the story. Uh, how are you finding it so far, Jonas? Are things starting to become clearer? It's definitely, especially since um, we're talking through it and you're brilliant at explaining all the things just <laughs> offhand. And um, yeah, glad to have someone that can explain it as good as you. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> and, and someone, to, we could just pat each other on the back here. It'd be really, it'd be really good for our self-esteem. Uh, yeah. Verse 16 says, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Yeah, it's, um, I find it quite interesting, but just, just out of curiosity, he just comes up and says, hey, follow me. And then they just all follow us, and like, it's like almost like hypnotizing them. Yeah. It, it just it sounds something's very surreal to happen. Like, is there anything that's, is it just really just shortening it down again, or what's a fault here kind of yeah I, I think he's kind of shortening through as i said in the other gospels there there, there are a lot more kind of details with this i think that's important because as you said reading it in this way uh you can kind of think that sounds really weird if someone walked up to me in the street and said follow me that you would leave your family and leave your business and kind of do that 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 sounds a bit creepy uh and yet th- this incident is 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 one that happened but we're we're pretty sure, and indeed from the other gospel accounts, that that they knew Jesus, or at least knew of Jesus. Uh, what what we learn, especially from from John's gospel, is that um, some of, some of these guys would have followed 
the teachings of John the Baptist, they, they would have listened to him and they would have heard him and they would have kind of followed around after him for a little bit. Um, they, they would have fished maybe late at night, early in the morning, and then spent the day maybe with, with John hearing him. He was a bit of a controversial character. And then all of a sudden John says, don't follow me anymore. Follow this new guy, Jesus. And, and so they, they would have went and seen what the crack was with him. Um, John tells us that Andrew spoke to his brother, Simon, and said, that we found this guy. I think he is the promised Messiah. He's the one that's come. And then Andrew starts following him. Peter starts following him. Um, which is the weird bit in here because Simon becomes Peter. Uh, Jesus kind of changes his name. And, and we'll see that a bit later on in the story. So you have Peter, who's Simon. You have Andrew, your brothers. Then you have James and John. And I think what Mark's trying to do here is, as we go through Mark's gospel, uh, Peter, James, and John actually become kind of the three out of the 12 disciples that are kind of the closest to Jesus. And so they're going to make appearances throughout Mark's gospel uh, as Jesus takes them with him at very specific times. And so it's almost like Mark saying to us, look, these three guys here, Peter, James, and John, pay attention to them because they're going to show up again a lot of times in the, in the story here. Um, but yeah, th- there, are, there are other meetings between them. Uh, Jesus does speak to them a lot, but they, they do become disciples. And, and I think that's a strange thing for us because we think of, of disciples, the kind of 12 disciples, very kind of formal. But, but there were a lot of nearly like students uh, around this, this time. And, and yet for the people of that day, it would have been really weird. Uh, we take it for granted because um, we kind of know students and going to college and different things. Uh, and, and these days, teachers didn't select students. Students selected teachers. Um, and so students would have seen a guy, thought, I really like what they're saying. I really like how they're living. Uh, we're going to follow after you. Uh, but they also... It would be nice if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Uh, but but yeah. they, they also, which is the strange thing, they also didn't just hear what they said. They actually followed them around to see if they practiced what they preached. But students in this way, to follow a teacher or, or a rabbi, which is a religious teacher, um, they would have had to have an incredible knowledge of of their traditions and their their scriptures that they would have nearly had to be the most religious pious educated people uh, and then you had the opportunity to follow after one of these teachers and yet jesus goes to like this bunch of randomers um if you didn't make it as a religious student you just basically went back to your father's trade. And so the fact that these people were fishermen meant that they never actually made it. They weren't good enough. And yet Jesus chooses fishermen, tax collectors, all sorts of random people to follow after him. And so for people of that day, they would have thought, what's he doing with these guys? These guys aren't good enough. They're doubting. They're wrestling with this. They're not sure whether they should follow or not. They really don't even understand who Jesus is at the minute. Um, Some of them even follow Jesus because they had an agenda of things that they they wanted him to do and mark's going to actually show us this over the next chapters um that they weren't maybe the best or the brightest but jesus chose them in, in specific uh to follow him i actually find this really comforting because it means that if you want to follow jesus you don't have to be special uh, you don't even have to be that smart uh, you just need to kind of listen to what he says uh which is which is incredibly comforting i don't know if this answers your question yeah just uh, just a little bit of a curiosity thing is um so these are very um modern names um like mark john and stuff yeah. so would they be have been translated or do you, do you really think that that was their actual names back then or yeah it it 
it it wasn't and this is a kind of a random thing because um jesus name wasn't even jesus now this is a big shock <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, we're looking at each other face to face over zoom here and, and jonas has just done a shocked face um but but the thing is we've had to try and translate these into basically into english um the closest way i would kind of say is that the, the english name john in in Irish is would be would be Sean. And so it, it's kind of like the same name, but just in a different language. Uh, so Jesus' name would have been Yeshua, uh, which would have been closer actually to Joshua. And his name and Yeshua actually means the Lord saves. And so names then meant something very specific. Or they were family names or or they were traditional kind of nearly like we would have Christian names. They were very much Hebrew or Jewish names. And so John's name would have been uh, Yochanan in, in the, the Hebrew, but it, it gets translated as John. Uh, you have Cephas, which is Peter, uh, where, where we get Peter from. And so basically throughout history, we have just translated the names until we get where we are in the English. Um, and, and so there, there are times where that's important, and we will see some of those in, in Mark's Gospel. Uh, but it's 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 literally just a translation. They they wouldn't have been called Mark or or Peter in those days, but it's just to help us to see who those people are. And and the names as well would have been very common. Um, I think we've already mentioned two Johns so far in in Mark's story. So there would have been a lot of Johns. There would have been a lot of Josephs. There would have been tons of of Marys. Uh, Mary was the most common uh, woman's name in that day. It was actually Miriam was the name and Miriam was the sister of Moses and so tons and tons and tons of of Hebrew little girls were called Miriam or Mary uh, it's very similar to Ireland I suppose uh, and so yeah at the resurrection of Jesus there are three Marys that turn up uh, and so it starts getting confusing after a while but we have to we have to read in the story and try and figure out who we're talking about when we're we're mentioning their names yeah that's something that's been kind of kind of just always in the back. I was like, yeah. thinking, they can't have proper names back then. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that, yeah. that yeah. definitely clears it up. As yeah. it, like, it, it makes sense to translate the names. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 maybe, we'll maybe leave that there and go on to another song again. Another, another kind of old hymn, which is, is going to give it a bit of a modern twist by a band called The Modern Post. Uh, this is Rock of Ages. And we're going to come back in part four to finish off uh, after this song. Let me hide myself in thee Let the water and the blood From thy wounded side which flow Be of sin the double cure Save from wrath and make me pure Rock of 
Welcome back. We are walking through Mark chapter one, uh, Jonas and I, and we're grabbing hold of the last chunk, the close out the chapter. What did you think of this closing part of, of chapter one, Jonas? Um, well, it feels like it slows down a bit. It kind of puts in more detail and um, it kind of has um, more um, actual like outtakes, snippets from what people yeah. said. Um, or it's not coming to me there, Tom. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, it's more detailed and um, there's a lot more to be able to understand when it's more detailed, I find. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, you know, one of the things I said about the disciples is that it's not just what Jesus says that matters. It, it's what he does. And it, it's one thing that we need to read between the lines a slight bit is that whenever we talk about the old Testament and the people searching for this, this promised Messiah, this, this rescuer, the savior, there were things in the, the old Testament that some of the people said, well, this is what he's going to do. This is kind of who he's going to be. And so the people that they had built this massive picture, like a checklist of everything that the, the Messiah would do. And, and John's kind of tick or John Mark's kind of ticking these things off for us to say, okay, the Messiah is going to do this. Jesus doesn't. The Messiah is going to do this. Jesus does it. And he kind of just ticks that off as he, as he goes through. And so it's not just that he teaches these really weird theoretical things, but we're going to actually see him doing stuff uh, with real life people. So it's not just this kind of high and mighty kind of religious teaching, but he actually really does go where people are and it's relevant to people's lives. Yeah, so I'll maybe read through verse 21 uh, through to the end of, of chapter 1. Uh, this is a big bit, so we'll, we'll be back in a, in a bit after we read this through. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, come out of him. And they were all amazed that they had questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, 
but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Yeah, so what did you think of that? There's nothing weird in that, nothing strange or, or no. explanation. <laughs> no, it's, it's um, just, just um, Sabbath, but um, as that, that was the Jewish version of Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the, the Sabbath uh, was the day of rest. Uh, God mm. created the world in, in seven days in Genesis, and, and on the last day, God rested, not because he was tired, but uh, to, to set as a model for us that, that we can't work all the time. We need to rest and actually enjoy enjoy the world around us and so the, the jews had this elaborate system for their sabbath that would have been on a saturday then uh, in order to enjoy rest uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn about this in the next few chapters so we can we can spend a bit of time on this later mm. uh, yeah but, but uh, at the top, yeah. So. yeah and something I, I was kind of taken from all reading this is people he, he did stuff for, for the, the people healing them and casting out the demons and things, but then everyone sort of kind of flocking towards him. And it feels like he was kind of overcrowded by people yeah. and that he couldn't really do, do much anymore. It was like, he was almost like a massive celebrity at the time. Yeah. He just had to hide yeah. away yeah. from people. And um, it's just it's mad to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, if, if you actually read through the story and, I know we're kind of just picking up on on small things, but um, some of this is completely mind blowing. You know, you have in the first little section there, this this guy who who appears to be like and dwelt with demons that that speak to Jesus, and Jesus casts them out. You know, you have Jesus healing people of of fevers and illnesses, and then all of a sudden, kind of loads of people crowd around him, and you kind of think, well, that that's a very human reaction you know if there were somebody walked into the locker room were able to heal people they would attract a crowd <laughs> as you said people want to come because they want jesus to do things for them uh, and yet jesus wants just wants to teach them things and and this is the division you're going to see all the way through the people don't want to listen to the words they just want to get the the good things from from jesus and it's it's kind of sad in a bit um and we kind of mentioned this before you and i in that as much as he is popular, it seems that he's kind of becoming popular for the, for the thing that he doesn't want to be popular for. Um, and he can't really go anywhere because people are just crowding him. Um, but one of, one of the things as well, and, and, and we didn't mention it, is, is that the people that Jesus hangs around with are not the kind of people that we would regularly want to hang around with. So he talks about people who are oppressed by demons and in that day these people would have been shunned to the outside of society uh people who were sick a lot of people believed that they had done something wrong and they were kind of getting a comeuppance for their for their sin and then lepers were actually treated like not real human beings actually to be near a leper to touch a leper meant you were unclean and and that they weren't treated as humans and yet the people that were the kind of seen as the outcasts of society they're the first people jesus goes to <laughs> which you know i think for me is you know if you were trying to build fame you would go to the influential and the wealthy people and yet jesus seems to do completely the opposite yeah it just shows you that um um he just kind of didn't really care about um what the statue of a person was yeah if they're rich or murderers or yeah. things like that he kind of tried to help everybody and then people just seemed to in a way almost abuse what he could do yeah. He kind of just came healing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And went away. And he'd be yeah. like, do you want to listen to me? And he was like, next time. <laughs> yes. kind of, yeah. Just kind of sounds like, sounds like that. Um, that's what I'm kind of gathering from this. 
That that would never happen in our day, would it? Oh no, I think <laughs> definitely still happens today. <laughs> yeah, we we want the stuff that you can do for us, but never mind with the other stuff that you don't. That one, yeah. one of the things that I think this is this is going to be. This is going to be a big threat. I actually forgot about this as I was until until we kind of been chatting about this. But if you notice in this section, something really random happened. Jesus basically tells people not to tell anybody. Like he's done amazing things to them, and he says, "Look, don't tell anybody about me. Uh, keep me a secret. Uh, I don't want you to tell people that I've done this." He basically tells the guy who has been cleansed from leprosy, his life completely transformed. And he says, like, go and show yourself to the priest, um, but don't tell anybody. In verse 45, it says the guy went straight out and told everybody. Uh, so you have this Jesus kind of saying, like, I don't want anybody to know who I am yet. Um, and so, like, what do you think about that? What do you think about Jesus not wanting people to know about him? It kind of makes sense because I feel like he didn't want to have such a massive following as he did have then because if he wanted to just go around and teaching and stuff, it's, yeah. a bit, um, it's a bit harder to do that when everyone's like, hey, can you heal my son? And you kind of, yeah. Also, as a point to the leper, I, I think it would be very hard for me personally to keep that a secret. Be like, if, if <laughs> let's just say you knew yeah. I had this, be like, how do you get cured? Um, yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to say something. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think it is, you know, but I think going back to the point that we made before, I think it's in a sense what Jesus wanted to be known as, you know, if he has come and, and, and we mentioned this a, a moment or two ago, the, the thing that he, he didn't want to be known as was just simply a miracle worker. Um, he, he was there to kind of teach people about who God is and, and, and basically what God has, has come to do. And yet if people just followed him because he did things, that they weren't really getting the point. And so I think you're saying that, that you know, he kind of said, look, I, I don't want people to follow me because of what they think I'm here to do. I, I want them to follow me for why I really came. And um, we're going to see that throughout Mark's gospel uh, as the more, that, the closer that Jesus gets to his death, the less people follow him. Because the closer he gets to his death, people start realizing, hang on a second, he has come to do something here that, we don't really want to be a part of. Um, and, and the closer he gets to that, the less people want to want to be a part of his, his, his gang, I suppose. And, and, and that's, that's one of the sad things, but it's just, it's just the reality at the beginning. Everybody wants to be around him. As soon as things start getting tough, um, everybody clears off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that definitely still kind of happens today. Anyways. Yeah. 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 And, and again, mm. it's, it's good because, because times change, but people don't, don't really um yeah yeah i think that's massive we're, we're going to cover this again all the way through um mm. and and i i know we, you've kind of asked that question and we'll continue to kind of ask that question and and what mark's doing here you know it's kind of saying well look the messiah the promised one has come to do these things jesus is doing them that's the point he's he's only able to do them because he is god he's god here right in front of us and and if he is here, we need to listen to him. We need to pay attention to him. And yet people are saying, "Well, yeah, that's grand, but you know, can he can he heal heal my mother in law, or you know, can he can he fix my leg, or um?" And it's a constant battle that's going to run through, run through Jesus' life. And and as you said, it it's it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in in two thousand years, and it, it probably won't change. Um, but it's it's something that Mark does just fill it in on. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's us for, for this week. 
um, it, it's been good kind of going through. So the five the five minutes of Mark chapter one takes you a bit longer to kind of get to grips with. But uh, I've I've enjoyed today. What about you? Yeah, def- definitely enjoyed it. Um, I'm really really starting to get into this. I can't wait to do the next one now. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's quite interesting to I've heard so many things that I've actually never knew about. Um, just actual historical things and stuff about the Bible yeah. as well. Um, and I'm a massive fan of history, so this yeah. is quite enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what ways can people get involved then as we close out the, the show? Yeah, um, if, if you do did actually um, quite enjoy the show and stuff, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, um, Bible Talk Lock Ray. Or if you want, you can leave us a comment on the website. Um, it's under Listen Online. There's a box you can fill out. Um, we will see this and we will include it in our next show next week. Um, also, if you're listening on live on the weekend, Feel free to leave a comment. Next week we're going yeah. to be, uh, yeah. Next week we're going to be looking at Mark chapter two. Uh, according to the Bible app, uh, you can you can listen to Mark chapter two in four minutes fifteen seconds. Uh, you might have to listen to it a couple of times, but even if you listen to it three times, it's going to be less than fifteen minutes of your week. Uh, but you can read it, you can listen to it. Uh, as Jonas mentioned last week, there's a Bible app that you can get on most devices. Uh, that can not only you can read along with it, but you can you can hear it uh, as an audio book. Uh, or, or if even you, you would like your own Bible, uh, I still have some in the house, some free copies uh, that we can deliver to you in the Lock Ray area during lockdown. I said no strings, uh, completely free of charge. Uh, and if you would rather have a hard copy um, to, to read uh, along with us in the show, please do send us a, a message on our Facebook page, Bible Talk Lock Ray. Yeah, I, I heard you, you saying this last week. Did, did anyone actually get in touch? To... They didn't. We probably have a lot of shy people, Jonas. Ah, uh, yeah, I think they're, so. Yeah, they're still getting to know us to make mm. sure we're kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, oh well, know, I, I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but again, we do we do extend that offer. I know there are apps and stuff now, and, and sometimes yeah. people follow that or listen mm. to it. But but if you do you do fancy a hard copy and you do live in the Lockery area, uh, we would love to deliver one to you to allow you to kind of read along with us on the show uh, well that's it for this week on bible talk uh the show that lets the bible do the talking thanks for joining us this week and we look forward to seeing you again next time thanks jonas for joining me today um thanks for having me on um i'm just well part of the show but you know yeah. inviting me to do this um I, i'm really enjoying it i can't wait for the next episode now yeah well it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me and we'll see you again next time